Welcome to What Have We Learned? I'm Ben Punter, uh, and this episode is the Edinburgh Fringe Debrief. Now, the reason why it's called the Debrief is because myself, Ben Punter, uh, and my two guests, Rikis Patel. Hello. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bieber Hunchin. Yo. Hello. Uh, they, the three of us, all went to the Edinburgh Fringe 2019 together, and we all stayed in a little house. And it is this whole episode, the point of this episode is to deconstruct, pull apart what our experience was like, our expectations, uh, what it might be like for you if you're listening to this for the first time, you're thinking about going to the Fringe, maybe you've been before and you uh, want to know what it's like, or if you're going at a different time, or if you want to know how other people do their Fringe uh, experience. And that is what we're going to deconstruct now in this episode of What Have We Learned. Guys, hello. Hi. Hello. Hey, how are you feeling? All right. <laughs> Maybe a bit of a fringe. Uh, fringe what's flu? that word? Fringe no, flu? not flu. That 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 sort of down feeling after you've been somewhere really, you've really enjoyed. Oh, the opposite of a demop happy kind of. The yeah. Of down. Like yeah. a fringe hangover. Yes. Yeah, yes, that's a good word. Probably. Yeah. Um, so, where do we begin? Um, what is our our previous experiences with the fringe? Quite quickly. So. So I, the last time, now I thought I'd been 10 years ago, then I've worked it out, it's more like 20, 20. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually it was remarkably the same as when I went last time, just as busy, just as many flyers, mm-hmm. and just as much to see. Yep. So much to see, and none of it was duff. Mm. You know, I didn't, I don't, we saw, I don't know, sometimes six shows a day, eight, sometimes seven, N- none of it was bad. Can you remember who you saw? Oh, no, the, the only one I really remember 20 years ago was going to see the Stonewall uh, charity gig. Mm-hmm. So there's Graham Norton. There's the first time Graham Norton started making it big. The first time Johnny Vegas started making it big. It was when Puppetry with the Penis was on. And that's what I really remember seeing. I don't remember what else we saw, but that was my main highlight, I think, of going 20 years ago. Okay. And Rikesh, was your first? Yes. But you've been to Edinburgh before. Oh, yeah, I've been to Edinburgh before, but like, that's com- the fringe is completely different to to go to Edinburgh outside the fringe. Mm. It's is a it feels like a vast transformation of city, and not in a bad way, in a mm. really quite good way. Yeah. Uh, and for myself, um, that was this year was my third fringe, you know, in in consecutive years, and take my fourth trip to Edinburgh because we all went on your stag do. Yep. Twenty sixteen. So that was the year before, and that was the year I was like, oh okay, hey Edinburgh's here. Hey, who wants to go to the fringe? And then everyone said no. So I'll oh, fine. I'll go on my own then. And so that is our collective history of Edinburgh and the Edinburgh Fringe. So, what were your expectations on the way up? Because obviously, Rickers, you've never been before. What were your expectations? Uh, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. I I thought it would be quite hectic, chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it'd be a little bit disorganised, and I felt like I thought. Well, I felt going up there that. I'd go see some stuff that I thought would be questionable, not just not because of the content, but the quality of it. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, you always hear about, you know, fringes where anybody can go and perform. Well, it used to be where anybody could go and perform, you yeah. know. But, you know, but you go to a gig, you might expect you know, just a guy sitting in a room no bigger than the one we're in now, is, you know, very, very small, just enough for three or four people. Yep. Uh, and, 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 and and he'd just do whatever he wanted to do. It didn't necessarily have to be comedy, but it'd be a bit weird and quirky, that'd be the fringe for you so that's kind of what I was expecting um, but it's a lot different to that when I actually got there okay in what way it's a lot more professional actually mm-hmm. and, I, and I thought even some of the stuff that we went to see the free shows uh, the work in progress shows 
um, they were actually still quite good quality. And 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 and, and okay, you you would say if it, you wouldn't want to watch it on TV, you know, you wouldn't want to pay ticket to go see them at the Hammersmith Apollo. Mm. But you know, for what it was, you think oh, that's quite interesting. Maybe I did learn something there, or maybe I did, you know, find that more fascinating than I thought it was. And was the general. Like the the vibe, not the vibe, but also the organisational side of it in terms of like the the app and the website and the queuing and the whole oh, process. Thought, How was that? Amazing, seriously. Like when we got off the train at yeah. Edinburgh Station, you're like, you can get tickets there, and yeah, you just yeah. go to the stand. It's manned by a couple of fringe volunteers or or or, or fringe workers, and they have this machine. You just swipe your card, the credit card that you bought, or or, or the debit card you bought your tickets with and suddenly the machine chunk, starts chunk, spitting chunk, out chunk, yeah chunk, yeah all your tickets so, yeah. you know, we only got had a couple of shows but you had like 20 shows you're just standing in the ticket like picking stuff off the floor yep. you didn't know what to do it's oh, like, by the way thanks for helping guys <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know when you go to a fun fair and you get all the tickets that come yes. on the machine when you it's like that and i thought oh, i thought that was brilliant yeah and then my experience of getting tickets afterwards everywhere else is those machines like all over the city mm. so like you can order stuff online in your apartment in the evening or on the app when you're out Say you're on your way to another gig, you just go to one of those machines, swipe your card, and your tickets come out, and then you can go. There is another one of those machines at the airport as well. Okay. So when you when you fly in, you go through to baggage, and while you wait for your baggage, you can go get your tickets. Do the exact same thing all over again, picking up tickets on the airport floor. No, no, sorry, no, sorry. Just wait a minute, sorry, sorry. But, yeah. but, but I thought it was really, really well organised. I mm. mean, the app's amazing. So. You, you know, wherever you are, you just load up the app. You say you want to see something within your vicinity. You can filter it with time. You can filter it with genre. Know, genre, yeah. yeah. And you can find whatever you want. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't chronological order. So you can say there's like one thirty go. I want to show it at 2 o'clock. List you all the shows that are on at 2 o'clock. So it's really amazing like that. And then if you find something, you just click online. No, you click on the uh, that, that show. You go what day you want to see it, what time you want to see it. Go buy a couple of tickets. Push the button and then go collect the tickets, you know, mm-hmm. close, to the, close to the gig. So in that respect, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, and and even the um, paper brochures, the paper guides, they're really good. So like, the first day I there, I was there. You, know, I like so. I just thought I do that thing where you go like, oh, there's a catalogue. I go pick it up and start flicking through it. Yeah. Going, you know, what's the today? What's the see? But even going through that, you're like, oh, well, maybe I'll consider that. You know, dog ear the paper, dog ear that page. Yeah. You know, flick through it, flick through it. I go, oh, maybe that looks a bit interesting. Dog ear that page, kind of thing. And I did that on the first day, but afterwards, realizing once you know all that stuff's on my phone, I decided I wasn't going to lug around the those, whole big those, those fringe catalogs because yeah, yeah. they're they're quite big. But I, I did I did think it was from a, like a from a, like a what I was expecting kind of thing. I thought it was brilliant. Like I I'd just been to Glastonbury a couple of weeks previously. Clang. <laughs> the experience there was nowhere near as slick. And I you mm. know it's, no you can't really compare Glastonbury with the fringe, but you, you can on sort of like a you're there to see performances yes but uh, the glastonbury app i felt was close to useless mm. you know it, it, you know and it, you kind of just wanted something similar to the fringe app where you go oh this gig's on at this stage that gig's on at this stage and it's just really clunky and difficult to use uh but the fringe is just massively awesome. and that does take a lot of the stress out of it because mm. you kind of go i don't know what to see and i remember opening up the app going i want to see it show at two o'clock and go oh there are 93 shows for you to look at and you just spend like five minutes flicking through those 93 shows going what do I want to see and then you find something and you go mm. and see it and baby your your expectations how do they stack up compared to the actual final thing I again I was surprised at how good quality all the acts were I mean having read afterwards how much it cost to go to Edinburgh mm-hmm. I'm not surprised all the acts were good quality and as good as they could be because if you're going to spend the best part of £5,000 mm. for a month putting a show on 
you're going to make it worth your while. You're not going to do some half-baked work in progress. Unless you can really afford to do these things, you're really going to give it your best shot because yeah. it's your place to meet people. This is your, you know, this is your... Your big thing, your, your big, big thing. This is yeah. your stage. I've done Edinburgh. Um, so that was, you know, that was really interesting. The thing I read today, literally today on my way here, was to get your show listed on the Fringe website. Mm-hmm. It's £96 just to get it listed. This is what I mean. This is why every single thing costs mm. you money. So, but even you said, like, say you say, what's on at five o'clock, 93 things, it becomes like Tinder. Yeah. You know, left, right, left, right. You After the first, and you can see why some people call their shows plus, 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 A, 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 a great thing. So they're thing. first. So because they're first just in the list. Just to get right to the top. Because yeah. you don't get past H. And then you'll start again at the bottom of Z. I always feel sorry for Zoe Lyons, the comedian Zoe Lyons. Yeah. Because bottom of the page, last page, Absolutely. every single year. And they, when I'm or when I'm looking at shows and booking shows or looking at spreadsheets for shows, you see the number go up all the time. I think the mm. last time I checked it, it was around 4,300 shows. And there's no way you can look up every single no. show. But one thing I did find that was quite useful, actually, and if you're new to the Fringe, give it a go. Just talk to people. Mm. talk to people and say what have you seen what have you seen what are you going to see next because we saw at least three or four shows just by talking to people just by sitting there having a cup of tea going well what should we see next someone goes oh actually we've been upgraded to a bigger venue yeah. we need to fill it here's a free ticket mm. and someone else said well here take a flyer for this it's two for one he told us more about the performance oh well we like, quite like the sound of that yeah. we'll go. so if people you just talk to people and they say well we'd see that if you like that you might like try try this like we went to go see um it was like an improv thing where they basically imp- improvise a movie oh yeah not flicks oh not flicks yeah, yeah. and someone turned around and go, well if you like not flicks you'll like this mm. and you'll like this and you'll like this you're like oh that's, that's a very good tip thanks very much yeah and was that expectations met on your way up because it's been 20 years since you last there um yes it was because even like last time like i remember when we went 20 years ago we'd just be walking down the street and some guy would wolf whistle and we're like, hello. And he'd just mm. throw a couple of flowers down. Yeah, you're really cute. Come and see my show. Yeah. We're like, all right then. And it's just really friendly. I mean, albeit sometimes you feel people being professionally friendly because they want to, to take a flyer because mm. they've got 5,000 flyers to get rid of. Yeah. And 499,050 of them will be on in the bin. But mm. they go, nice shoes. How's your day going? You'd be yeah. like, oh, I'll take the flyer. Maybe I'll go and check you out. My, for me... Because it's it was, it's been three years since I last went since I I did that first trip up. Mm. The thing I'm my it was a combination of excitement and hesitation. The excitement because it's like oh, I'm about to see so much comedy. I'm about to see so much comedy. But the hesitation was my thinking of what comedy is. It's like a, a small nightclub, and you have people heckling. You can mm. have Hindus. You can have stag dudes. I just didn't want to be stuck in a tiny little room. Yes, filled with Hindu stag dudes and people heckling, or at worst. A tiny little room with just me. I don't want to go down that road. I don't want it to be like, oh, I'm the only one here. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be like, like at least three rows back in any room. Sure. I don't want to be like, you don't want to sit near the front because there's some rooms, rooms are tiny. Like they only have three rows. There might be a long venue, but they've only got three rows. So I don't want to, I don't like sitting in the front because like, don't talk to me, please don't talk to me, please don't talk to me. I did have anxiety before we went up because we, unlike you, who booked a lot of your shows in advance, mm. we booked maybe four things. We thought we'll just go because I know you can go up there, just take potluck and see what happens. And then I was getting anxious, going, maybe that's the wrong thing to do. Maybe when we get tickets to what we want to go see, you know, oh, have we done the wrong thing? Maybe we should have been scouring the website like you were. And actually getting up there, I'm very glad we didn't do that mm. because 
doing what you did works for you. Yeah. I know for us, that made us more anxious and overwhelmed by the sheer volume of shows that are on in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, the, the, my, my, so 2017, I booked somewhere in the region about 30 shows for six days, which ends up being about five to six shows a day. And you don't... I, I would now advise against doing this mm. because you go in, sit down, you watch the show and as soon as it finishes you applaud and then you're out the door and all you're doing is you're going to the next venue That's all you're, you're, you're not, you've got no time to sort of depress decrunch, kind of like you absorb it, process it, you're not taking anything in, you know, you haven't got that chance to say to somebody, hey what was that like you haven't got a chance to say to yourself, did I enjoy that, was that fun, that was fun what did I like about that, dot 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 and just go ah, break, think- rest as well, you don't give you a chance to see something you've never seen or never heard of before. Mm. So the shows that we booked were something, because I'm a big fan of Bell and Sebastian music. This is this year, right? This year. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Bell and Sebastian music. They had a play set to their things. I thought, their music. So right, I'd like to go see that. Yep. Got tickets from your dad from Milton Jones. That was two. And then there was two more. Daniel Kitson, because yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Daniel Kitson, and his tickets are like hen's teeth for yeah, London. Yeah, and they were added like, like very late in the... Added very late, and yeah. they went in about half an hour, so I'm like, right, yeah. we're going to go there. He's in Edinburgh, let's go. People messaged me at lunchtime saying, Daniel, Kit- da- Daniel Kitson tickets are out, so I'm like, because uh, I've never really been... I don't really know Daniel Kitson's well. I know I, he, he has a name which I know. So he's this, he's this sort of like legendary name, but I don't know any of his works. So I don't know, you know, I can't, I've got nothing to go, to go off. And the tickets were released at midday-ish on a, at lunchtime on a weekday. And I looked at it and thought, oh, there's a couple of shows there. Uh, there's a, like a daytime one and an evening one. I'll do it when I, I'll do it when I get home. All gone. They were they gone were by one all o'clock. All gone. By one o'clock, they had all sold out. Mm. And then the only other thing we booked was Mixtape Masioki to go mm. and have a sing-along. Because we had to plan that when we weren't going to do that. Because we all quite fancied doing that. We thought, let's just put this in and get one you know, touch point for evening all of us to go. Yeah, 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 one evening out. But other than that, I would say if you're going for the first time, just go. Yeah. Just go, see what's on, see what flies you like, get talking to people. And also don't necessarily go and see the big names that you could possibly see touring in your hometown in the yeah. next year. Because people who take shows to Edinburgh will tour them around the country, the big names. Yeah. Your Zoe Lyons and your so forth will take them around the country. Your Milton Jones, they will go around the country. Go and see someone new. And the whole thing you said as well about not sitting in the front row. Yeah. Now, I sat in the front row as much as we could <laughs> because having, I mean, having done an improv class for the last year and a half, sometimes we get people to come and watch us. Very, I say people, three people, yeah. normally related to us. But they, the performer feels better having someone who's there bit closer just means they feel like there's people in the room oh because if, if everyone else is because if you got like you said if you've got a room of that holds 40 people yeah there's eight people there and they're all sat in the deepest recesses of the room yeah the performer may basically may as well be playing to themselves and it's not good for them oh don't get me wrong i'm not no. seeing three rows back on my own and it's no. like in like i'm the only one in the room like like you're doing good work and it's like i'm at the back i mean there's no one else in the room I'm I'm seeing three three rows back and I'm making sure everyone knows all the rows are filled and no, then it's me yes. yeah 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 no absolutely and even the tiniest ones on because we we all got there into pretty much fringe preview week mm. I think things will get a lot busier in the next kind of three two three weeks yeah so and the, even then some of the smaller shows still had about fifteen twenty people coming to see them when they were complete unknowns in a room of forty people so that's still pretty good mm. so there's so a couple of points here one is uh, something from that you reminded me that Dara Brian said Dara Brian doesn't play Edinburgh Fringe because he says he can go somewhere like Southend Pier and 
play a show there in that in the in the venue at the end of the pier, and he can set it out. So he knows he can do that. And it's rather than going to Edinburgh and take away from someone else who potentially could have a new audience, he doesn't do Edinburgh. He does his own stuff, but he still goes up and maybe appears on shows and panel things and podcasts and recordings. Mm-hmm. And amazing, he might do it, do it a turn up or a walk in. But generally, he says like, "No, nah, I'll I'll, you know, I've done my time. You know, I've, my, my name is big enough. I'm you know, go see someone new." But you still get acts at the Edinburgh Playhouse. You know, for I think Catherine Ryan was doing, mm. I think three nights, and that was like twenty five pounds a ticket. So it's like the same argument they had with Glastonbury was they were talking about maybe not having such big hitters on the main stage because people will come to Glastonbury in the fr- or Thursday Friday. Mm. They will camp at the main stage and never move until they leave on the Monday morning seeing nothing else around the festival because they just want to see the big name acts that are on the main stage. Yeah. So it's the same thing as with Fringe. People may just want to go see everything at the Assembly, but they want to go see the Catherine Ryans, the Zoe Lyons, the Milton Joneses, yeah. the big name acts. But that also does detract from all the little people mm. who are still really good, as good as the main performers, just not as well known. But it, And it's also... You also get acts doing... Sometimes, because so it's an old thing. So I can't remember which act it was that we saw that they were saying that one of the main things of Edinburgh is that Edinburgh was a, it was a venue. It was a, it was a, a part of the year where you would go up and you would work on material. It was like it was like everything was a work in progress throughout the course of August. You'd do work in uh, work in progress through August, and then you'd have a, a show at the end of it. So that's why you you didn't get that many bells and whistles. That's, that's why they have so many venues and so many rooms because you just go there with a microphone and that's the show. You just work it out while you're there. But now people are going up there with fully fledged shows, you know, projectors, powerpoints, props, dancers in some cases. It's um, like the finale of all the prep. Yeah. So, so some people do it very. Di- some people do it very. Or the grand opening of their show. Yeah. So you the grand opening of it, or the you know, or the work in progress, or it's the finale. So you do get various performers doing various types of shows at various stages in their own career as well and that's the other thing that i was surprised that not many people know is the fringe edinburgh fringe is all of august and i don't i I, i'm surprised that people friends of mine didn't know when it was and everyone says to me oh when is it so it's all of august all of august yeah all of august i was at work people i was they were like oh where have you been edinburgh for for the edinburgh festival Mm. is that music festival yeah i'm like how do people not know that this amazing thing happens for a month in edinburgh a whole month a whole month huge thing yeah yeah but it's one of those things that doesn't it doesn't really appear on tv right you don't see gigs at the fringe even the big name ones uh televised so like people's interpretation or impression of the fringe is always based on just word of mouth or yeah. or stuff they see on the internet and 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 like i i'm still seeing articles in like the the guardian or the times or the telegraph pop up about fringe reviews but it doesn't really give you a feel for what it's like to be there no not at all and i can imagine if you're a performer at the fringe it's actually exhausting because you're doing at least a show a day mm-hmm. non-stop seven days a week for three weeks solid and plus you're possibly doing press as well to promote it yeah you're flyering you're tweeting you're doing whatever you can to get people to come in and see your show and everyone i've spoken to all the performers i've spoken to so far they've all said that they do a different another show from their own show because it's a way of getting their name out you know yeah yeah so a lot a lot of people like help out other shows do tech for other shows because i'm gonna be at one gig yeah. and and 
it must have been the Beck Hill gig where she says, oh, the guy on the tech uh, desk, he go see his show, he's doing yeah. another show. So everybody chips in and... and so, but uh, yeah, I still think like, if, if if performing there is 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 hard work, but it, it must be uh, worth it. Yeah, because I had the same the the, the tech guy at the Lou Sanders gig, exact same. Like, oh, thanks to Jimmy. By the way, Jimmy's on. You know, you can see Jimmy at this venue in like two hours' time. Come along. Da, 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 da. So yeah, it, I think it's a it's a doing anything you can to make ends meet because then they'll, they'll help you in return. Yeah, but I mean, was it someone was saying? Oh, I can't remember, who, but uh, one of the performers saying, "You don't come to the fringe to make money." Mm. You know, you're going to lose money. Oh, that was it. It was Beck Hill. She was saying, like, you know, spending money instead of on uh, marketing, spent it on lasers, yeah. you know, for a show, which, like, really made the show, that part of the show quite impressive. But she says, you know, she, she's hoping she'll break even, but she can't guarantee it. And, and, and reading a story about how someone was saying, well, in order to break even, we'd have to sell 100%, 106% of the tickets. <laughs> and I'm like, you're never going to make even. And that's that's if everybody turns up. Like Even some of the popular gigs, you will find empty seats. And that clearly just means they're just not getting ticket sales from that. Yeah. Well, the other thing as well about Edinburgh is it, it's not just a comedy festival. No. There's, so, there's, there's music, there's theatre, there's performance art, there's cabaret. You name it, it's there. It's amazing. And my my dad, so my dad went, uh, in 20, he went this year and he went in 2018. Peter, because of me going on about it, he's like, "Well, if you're going, I'll go as well." And he, he said, like, "Oh, I've booked, I've booked, I don't know the all American female tap dancing show." And I'm like, "Okay, that's not for me." But it's like, "Do you want to come?" No, I'm all right. I'm good, thanks. But it's like you can just pick anything. It's like, yeah, they've got a show. You, know, you can even make stuff up. When you first go, you're kind of tempted to stick to the two big kind of venues, which are the Pleasants and the Gildable in Teviot, because yeah. they've each got about nine venues within those big venues yeah but a couple of times we kind of ventured out well a couple of times i ventured out into smaller venues like um down well, into the into the free ones we went to like which the one with the back of a you know, the function room of a pub yeah and the other one was like a, a cinema that was down in the basement of a pub and they had a very very different feel to them mm. and then another show i went to see which was wonderful stuart saint performance absolutely brilliant was in the hilton hotel yeah. Now on the floor, on so on on the left hand side of the first floor bar was Stuart Saint's uh, kind of camp variety, uh, you know, camp act. Well, his act basically his act was about him contracting HIV and then getting severe cancer to the point where he's nearly died several times mm. in musical theatre form, and it was fantastic. On the other side of the same floor was the Faulty Towers dining experience. Yeah. And so it's just like it was a fan Stuart's performance and the whole thing he put together was fantastic but just in the wrong venue yeah because the hilton audience are not going to come and see this musical theater piece about a gay man contracting hiv and nearly dying several times yeah in a fantastic way you want it to be a, a it's odd venue it's, i think uh, uh, venue is so important as well very um, much so very much so and it just felt like you were at a conference yeah, watching a man that. tell his life story and yeah. bleeding his heart in a conference room. The carpet and the, and the nice wallpaper. And, and so you know, the, the, the beige leatherette chairs. It just yeah. wasn't right. It would have been much more suited to like a you know, basement venue. Because the other under a pub. the other thing with the venues is there's other ones which are called the stand, which are a bit further past Princess Street, and they always tend to have just stand-ups just just sort of all out out and out stand-ups yeah but the, the stand is still quite a big venue like you know each venue has a number and you were going we were going past like a tapas restaurant which was venue 359 yeah, yeah. you know i was like what's gonna happen in the tapas restaurant you know and you kind of think like maybe i'm missing out a little bit and something i might look into if i go back again is some of these smaller venues yeah. 
what are they doing there? And is that worth a look? Because, like we said, we, we spent most of our time in the bigger places, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you can go, you see some very interesting stuff in in the bigger venues. But I think uh, doing it again, I might try and go some to some of the uh, smaller venues and and see what what they're offering. I'm not saying I'm going to enjoy it, but it might be uh, interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a an Italian restaurant on Southbridge, and it's just the entire downstairs area is just one of the venues. And I saw it was. It was called NWA, Neuroscience with Attitude. So it was kind of rap, but all about neuroscience and brain stuff. Yeah, that's quite interesting. So like, one of the, when I went there, I didn't. I thought it would be comedy. You know, everybody thinks comedy. I, I, you think it's going to be comedy and then weird, you know, solo performances. Fringe. Very arty. Yeah. You know, almost incomprehensible, you know, talking stuff that you don't quite understand you leave the theater quite confused but actually there's everything there there is science shows mm. there's math shows i think one of the one, one of the more interesting shows that i went to see was uh matt parker's humble pie yep. you know uh, about errors in science and and the consequences of that it's really quite interesting and 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 the beck hill one's quite a sciencey one um but you know there's the, there's loads of there's loads of different things to go to there's there's something for everybody and there's and it's family friendly there's there's kids stuff in the morning so yeah. like and and so you know, fringe isn't hard work i mean shows don't start at nine o'clock in the you know in the morning and finish at, at one o'clock in the evening i mean there's kids shows in the morning till about you know eleven thirty twelve thirty but then yeah. the adult shows kind of time to kick in yeah and, and 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 the time of day kind of the popular shows are on the the sort of six till nines um, yeah it tends to be you get you yeah. get some interesting stuff in the afternoon like we went to see this guy called ben tarjay yeah he was doing like a performance that he, he was doing a work of progress show it was quite bizarre but it was a work of progress show and it's definitely one of the most unusual things i've seen but i definitely don't regret going to see it mm. but that was on like at two o'clock but then we went to go see like stephen k amos do like a talk show at like you know yeah seven in the evening and then the masioki karaoke karaoke at 12 30 and i know there's there's some shows that start at one in the morning yeah. and then finish all three there was one we were going to see but we thought you know we're just too, a bit tired. too tired yeah <laughs> um so for those and we'll bounce around we'll bounce subjects around for those who are who want to go or have never been or want to go back what things do they absolutely need to know that it's like it's not it wasn't written down like no one told me about this before i went what are the things that people absolutely need to know take a raincoat Take a raincoat, yeah. Always take a raincoat. Um, Edinburgh has... I mentioned this on the train all the way up, and it sounds like a jokey thing. Edinburgh has its own climate. You can be in one part, and it can be rain and hot, and other parts can be sunny, clear blue sky. And it's just... You know, you could be on Cowgate, and it'd be foggy, and then you can go to Princess Street, and it's like a hot day. And you think, how is this a thing that it is? It has its own environment. You can have ten. It's it's four seasons in one day. It's four well, seasons in one day. On the Friday, we got we walked to a venue, got absolutely drowned out. Mm-hmm. Came back, we were sweating, and I wearing raincoats. I'm like, this has only been forty minutes. Yeah, and, and don't forget, we're not even dry yet. And don't forget, <laughs> listener, August. This is we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about August as well. The, the other thing, uh, shoes. Need good shoes. Yeah, you need good shoes. Edinburgh's hillier than i remember mm-hmm. uh, so last time i go like it was my stag do and i don't remember much but <laughs> it is it is a lot hillier than it's not it, 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 than you think uh, and that does tire you out so and, and also be prepared to 
add on or double the amount of time you think it'll take to get to a show. So, you know, you look yeah. at it, we, we use uh, Google Maps, you know, you look at it, Google Maps, says it'll take you 20 minutes to get to the venue. And I, I can't remember what, it was the Milton Jones venue. Yes, we went to see Milton Jones. Oh, the mound. On the mound. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, on the top of this, in the assembly hall, top right at the top of the hill, and the app said 20 minutes, so we left with 20 minutes to spare, and we thought we'd get there in time. And this had been the first big show we, we went to, and we, and we didn't realise that you need, to talk, you need to start queuing up for these shows a good half hour before they're due to start if you want the good seats yeah and we turned up and basically we were being rushed in because um you know we were we were late uh, and, and we got st- seats at the back but it took us you know 40 minutes to get there because of all the hills yeah. and the sheer number of people, people yeah. you've got to fight your way through like a pelican cross if you surrounded by 50 people trying to go in different directions and you've got to navigate that it is still an open city yeah so you've got people you've got people who want to still go to the castle to still go across the royal mile so it, it, you know you have yeah as i mentioned hendu and stag is still there no, so but the, a, the population of edinburgh triples for the fringe yeah so not just tourism for the fringe it triples yeah um so you it's just that city is dealing with a lot more people than it would normally deal with, and it, it it feels like central London in terms of like it feels it sometimes almost feel like Oxford Street, mm. you know you're fighting well, through crowds. It's not just the population of Edinburgh that triples; mm. hotel and Airbnb prices triple as well. Oh, that, we'll get we'll, we'll definitely get into that in, in a bit. Um, one of the big uh, the biggest tip as well for me, I'd say, is be aware that you've got places like Pleasant Assembly Rooms, Assembly Halls, Gilded Balloon, Stand, uh, Just Tonic. They're all some of the some of the big venues. It isn't just one location. There are multiple venues within venues and multiple sites. And, you know, you've got the Pleasant Dome. It's not the same as the Pleasant Courtyard. Assembly Rooms is not the same as Assembly Hall. Yes. And uh, even after three years, I fell cursed to that mistake. I was down on George Square outside the Assembly Hall where I'd seen Frank Skinner, and I had five minutes before Ed Byrne started, and he's at the assembly room on just on one street past Prince's Street, and I'm down in George Square. It is tipping it down with rain. I'm in the wrong part of Edinburgh, and it is raining. I am wet, and I've got five minutes. I'm like, I, can't, I ain't got time. I ain't got time. And I've rocked up, I've rocked up on shows 15 minutes later, and they're like, come with me, and they let you into a side room, and you can watch it from like the, the late-comers balcony. Yeah. But... It's just oh. we got we got the latecomers balcony for Milton Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so you so, so that's not that you can depending on the size of the venue you can sometimes rock up late to certain ven to certain venues. But be aware that yeah, there's four stands and they're a couple of streets away, and there's the stand Newtown Theatre, which is near none of those venues. Uh, you know, the Gilded Balloon will have um, a couple of pubs named after it. The just the caves is a bunch of caves by one of the main bridges, but they've also got a pub. They, they have a pub called Just the K, Just the Tonic, the Tron. So it's a pub, nowhere near. Well, not nowhere near. It's literally the, the, the connection's quite quick, but it's just be aware that venues own different venues. So you be be aware where things are. Because even I've gone. Ah, oh, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. Um, the other thing I kind of found quite challenging was that everyone's trying to hand you a flyer. Yes. And because I take these things very personally, I take everyone's <laughs> flyers. And I kind of feel because they, you know, you're doing such a good job, you're trying so hard, I'll take a flyer, even if I've got no intention of seeing their show. So you have to, that can get quite overwhelming. And you have to really not take it personally. You are allowed to say no. 
you know, thanks but no thanks yeah thanks very much see you later no thank you no thank if you don't really don't want to take a flight you're not obliged to yeah but then saying that some of the most interesting shows we went to see were from you just taking flies so the Ventage Target show mm. you just said well let's pin our clothes to the flag let's go see this at two o'clock um and a couple of others mm. uh Good Bear, possibly. No, Good Bear was because a guy came over and saw we were looking for shows and said, do you want to come see my show? But I mean, but again, that's the same principle, isn't it? You you just accepted that fly, that conversation with that person and decided to go see that show. So, like one of the first ones we went to go and see, um, what was that Asian comedian, young guy? Oh, Kai Samurai. Kai Samurai. We went on we went on the basis of a flyer. Someone handed a flyer, goes, you know, hot young thing. Well, give him a go. It's yeah. two for one. Let's give it a punt. And, That's and the it, other thing. If you go the first couple of days of the festival, mm-hmm. about half the show is two for one. Yeah, so, so, it's so obviously when I was mentioning it's all of August, it's all of August, but I think the first <coughs> Monday and Tuesday in August, yeah, two for one shows. It's because it's Scottish um, Bank Holiday as well. Yes. Not an English Bank Holiday, but no. Scottish Bank Holiday. Uh, so Edinburgh gets even busier than normal, but also you've got shows people coming to shows with, with other people so there's more chance of those shows selling out but it saves you a bit of money um and i and you know you're seeing the show for the first time and sometimes they're performing it for the first time so it, yeah it's even rougher around the edges if you'd like your work in progress i quite like work in progress shows because i like seeing the mechanics of comedy i like seeing how it works and how it's all put together and i even like it when mechanics of a work in progress haven't even been fleshed out beforehand in, pro- in previews properly it's like you're seeing it literally being unpacked for the first time they're trying to figure out where everything goes in front of you how you know, for that knowledge you only pay like five pounds you think i'm only paying five pounds to, to learn all this magic all this witchcraft comedy but that's quite brave of them given they've probably spent five grand to be yeah. there how they how it's, it's nice that they can spend you know three and a half thousand pounds practicing their act yeah. you know you which you could do at the half million putney for probably nothing hmm. um so my other top tip would be this is going to be a shock from coming from me. Don't overbook. Don't overplan stuff. Because as I mentioned... No, I'm, that's a good point. So like, like you were saying, when you went three years ago and you booked third shows, yeah. for me, I think you need to leave, leave at least hour more probably more like hour and a half between shows yeah absolutely because that gives you and and time and, to get and, there and go with company because it gives you after the show time to talk about what you've just seen mm-hmm. and also you know bounce around some ideas you know just digest everything that you've just been witness to mm. uh, and also then time to go to your next venue. next venue and maybe have a bit of bit food, food or, or get a drink in between or if you're even quicker you might have time to squeeze in another show yeah, well, I mean, I think I think for me, I felt four or five shows a day was quite a comfortable pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one show where we started at, you know, quarter past twelve, bang on, because you want to go see a, be, see a show at quarter past twelve, and um, we did about six shows that day, mm-hmm. and it was it was fine, it was great, but I felt a little bit tired at the end of the day. But when I was doing four or five shows, I mm-hmm. felt like go to bed at like midnight, get up the next day, quite late, head to the show, four shows. And if you hadn't planned, it gives you that time just to wander around and take leaflets off people yeah. and find out about shows and, 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 and see, well, actually, we can go do that. We can, we'll check out this. Because you go to some of the bigger venues, they'll have television screens going, this is what's on next. And that's how we went to see Arby Beck because you said it was a great show. Mm-hmm. And then we were just in 
Pleasance Dome and the show is due to start in 40 minutes and tickets were available so we just said let's go get two tickets yep. you know and, and that sort of thing can happen right? I feel like if I'd over planned it I'd always be stressing like you, you said you were three years ago going oh now finish this now I've got to run off to go do that show and then yeah. run off to do the next show and get to the end of the day and you almost forget about some of the early shows you've seen because you've, you've packed it in your mind's just gone this is too much I'm going to forget about the morning shows I'm just going to remember the later shows whereas yeah. I feel like because we've given ourselves enough time and we we were talking about the shows between ourselves i remember more of the shows than i if i'd packed them all in i like i like the idea of doing it by having only two fully booked shows two or three fully booked shows per day and the rest you just wing well, I, I like even doing that's, that. Though. Even that's quite a lot. I mean, yeah. we had one anchor point. We'd make, we had to get out of the house. So yeah. once we were out, I mean, to, we we finished, I, think, I think it was we one saw, show a day for us booked, and yeah. that was it. Okay. So we saw, I think one point we came out one show at half nine. We thought, it's only half nine. <laughs> Let's go see what's on at 10 o'clock. And so we went back to the box office. But, right, these got tickets. Oh, there's four new comedians. Let's, yeah, can we got by tickets Actually, and we went into that and another one like I went we went to see one about the life of Euther Joyce who yeah. was Mildred in Georgia Mildred which I saw as we were queuing for another show because the posters were on the walls and there's no way I would have found that mm. in the brochure not in a million years and I really enjoyed that I'd replace my tip then I'd say don't book anything after nine because not because there's nothing on there's loads of stuff on but by that time you have the option of either going I'm tired I'm going home or you're like, well, I'm up. Oh, what's available? Oh, everything? Cool. Yes. Let's do that. Um, Absolutely. So I'd say book stuff in the day, some stuff in the day, have gaps to see other things, but try and keep your evenings a bit more open. So then, because we were, we, well, I saw Ivo Graham at the Pleasance. Yes. And he said at the end of the show, oh, by the way, I'm also doing a pub quiz in this other venue at, I think it was at half past 10. And me and my dad said, well, I said to my dad, like, do you want to go? And I said to you guys, do you want to go? And we did a pub quiz. We went to a little one-hour pub quiz. Well, the fantastic thing about that, apart from two other comedians who were reading some of the questions, MP Jess Phillips came up and read mm-hmm. a round of questions yeah. and offered a tour of the House of Commons to the winners. Yeah. I mean, you don't ever get close to your own MP, mm. let alone someone you quite admire. Yeah, and it, this wouldn't that wouldn't have happened if we had everything fully booked up and we did the evening, you know, oh, we can't, we going to see this show at this sort of time just wouldn't happen but that's the fun of Edinburgh I think mm. just winging it just literally going to see things you would never in a million years go to see in your local hometown I mean, when would I ever go and see a play about Youth of Joyce yeah. never <laughs> when would you ever go and see a show about robots and lasers all the time all the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they don't put they don't generally they won't put them on you know it takes a lot to put these kind of shows on but there they can be a bit more experimental they've like Beck Hill was saying this show has taken five years mm. to get there. Yeah. And you're like, and I can see that because it, it takes from the, the dreaming of the idea to thinking I can't do it, I can do it, I can't do it, I can do it. Maybe I can do it. Oh, let's put this, try this, try this. And then yeah. five years goes by and bang, there she is with a really good show. And the, the, I know you guys don't use social media as much, but for me as well, using things like Twitter and Facebook and seeing what people are saying is also a great indicator of what is popular. I mean, in 2017, I saw Rob Kemp's Elvis Dead, which was the most fringe show I've ever seen. It was a midnight show. It was in Monkey Barrel. It was a tiny little venue. About the size of this apartment. Tiny little venue with no more than, say, I don't know, 30 people in it. But it was just it, like three standing ovations, sweaty little room. It was like almost borderline like a, like a gig. And it was like the most fringe thing I've ever seen. And then this year... Uh, there was a, a double act called the delightful sausage 
and Ginkster's Paradise. It was a 12 p.m. lunchtime thing, completely sold out. Same venue as the, as the Rob Kemp thing, but it was so bizarre. It was like Mighty Boosh meets Vic and Bob, and it was just the most perfectly, wonderfully dark and but like so well done, but so surreal and brilliant. I wouldn't have actively ch- chose to book those shows before I ever arrived. They were more social. They were more oh, I'm seeing this word, delightful sausage, delightful sausage, delightful sausage. So I'm like, huh, when's it on? Midday, I'm free. So, yeah, Hmm. have things available, have spaces to do, you know, book some stuff, but don't book everything. So we went to see, the first thing we all went to go see was the Guilty Feminist podcast Mm -hmm. on a Sunday, and a lady called Jennifer Tyler came up, they gave her three minutes to promote her show. And so we thought, Wow, she's brave. And then a couple of key words, and I thought, right, let's go see her show. And so we went to see the second to last day. We thought, right, we're going to go. We're going to get ourselves out of bed and get down there for 12.30. And now that was really interesting because she said five weeks ago she had no show because she had to audition. Mm-hmm. And she didn't. She never imagined she'd get the gig. And so then she got the gig. She's like, ah, I've now got five weeks to write this show. Yeah. For having never done anything like this before in her life. So it's, it's really, very interesting how some people can take years to put something together. Some people would go, oh, I've got to do this five weeks later. Here you are. Mm. And it's kind of, it's interesting to know and see how people actually get their venues. Yeah. Whether they apply for them, whether they audition for them. I'm thinking in the bigger places they must audition. Yeah. But in the smaller venues, they must just say, "I've when have you got, where have you got room? That's only, I've got some interviews potentially planned, so I'm going to try and find out exactly those things because I want to know those exact things because you know people say are you do, are you Ben Ponson going to do a show at Edinburgh Fringe I'm like, I'd like to but it's just a whole that's a whole stage fright it's a whole different and yeah the the idea of what I'm going to do and where I would do it and how would I market it like, that's a whole different ball game but that's how we end up doing this entire podcast in the first place do we need to talk about Fringe Flu Oh, no, no. <laughs> that mainly comes from going in the hot and the cold and the wet and the dry all yeah. the time. So Edinburgh itself, obviously, as we mentioned, it, it's sometimes it's wet, sometimes it's hot, and sometimes it's uh, both at the same time. So you have that environment is one thing, and that's your default outside. And then you have rooms of different sizes, rooms which are sometimes hot and sweaty, rooms that are sometimes very well air conditioned and very cold. And all the same time, you have people in this room going ha 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 as they breathe out in this either hot room or cold room so basically it's like going from petri dish to petri dish to petri dish and in between it you're then being let out into either the hot or the cold so you get this illness so so quickly it's like if you go on a very long flight and that kind of that thing where you're breathing air in a very weird way. Yes. It, it For me, it hit me in two days. And I've had it almost every year that I go to the fringe. It's called fringe flu. And it's it's a horrible thing because I had to cancel a couple of shows because I can't even move. Because I can't you know be in a room for an hour without at least three pints of liquid of some kind. And we're not talking beer. We're talking like I've been to a show. I was, I was at Lou Sanders with a pint of beer and a two litre bottle of water. And even that wasn't enough. It was like, <clears throat> I'm going to ruin this show. It's a small room. I'm like, I can't see certain shows like that. And because you don't enjoy it as well. You can't laugh too much because it hurts. And you can't drink too much because you have to pee. And you're, all you're thinking of, like, you're trying to stifle a cough or you're trying to soothe your throat. You're not enjoying the jokes. You're not enjoying the comedy. So if you do end up with, I'd say go prepared. Take things like Lemsip, Neurofair, not only at the same time. Take it with you. Uh, take sort of like Barocca. 
all these sort of things, you know, comfort food as well. For me, biscuits, chocolate biscuits are a great comfort food and lots of tea. Because the other thing as well, it's not like you're going to be eating like when you're at home or healthy. You, you're, no. holiday, you're holiday eating. Yeah. So you're basically eating pizza and beer every night for dinner because you can because yeah. you're on holiday. Yeah. That possibly doesn't help your fringe blue much. Yeah, mac and cheese, mac and cheese burgers, <laughs> left, right and centre. Because I, well, it's there. Other no, two- I think that's, that's a good point actually on on the food front. We spent the first few days eating all the junk food in the in the, <laughs> the vans that surround every venue yeah. conveniently placed. You know, uh, and it's expensive. It's expensive. Um, but it's also it's not particularly healthy. So like after mm. a few days, you get fed up of it. So like you know, we just ended up going. Let's go to the supermarket and or go to a, a restaurant and eat something normal. And 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 towards the end of the festival, we were eating relatively sensible. But definitely first first couple of days i think we were just eating burgers and fish and chips and uh, but that's like pizzas. another tip as well is don't feel you've always got to get your food from around the venue yeah because no. edinburgh has got some fantastic restaurants i mean yeah one torrential downpour we were stood in a bus stop i'm like why are we still in the bus stop and harvey nicks is across the road so we ran across the road and so you can make it to harvey nicks and you mm. know had lunch because that's who we are now but um <laughs> but you know there is the whole city to also explore and we had a we went out for dinner with your with rickesh's brother mm-hmm. and had a delicious meal absolutely top notch and went to a wonderful bar with a fantastic waiter who recommended a choice of gins depending on what kind of film you like oh okay and the, I mean this wasn't a fringe related thing this was just his job yeah so there's a whole world of Edinburgh to also see outside of the fringe so you know take time out to go and enjoy the rest of Edinburgh we went up to Arthur's Seat yeah which was a mission <laughs> do not go up there unless you have sensible sensible footwear and you're not carrying anything and you are in running shorts and a singlet because I did see a lady coming down in white white flip flops and white trousers and was unsure how she was unsweaty but she was because it was a struggle to get up there but it was well worth it when you're up there and if you're going for like a week and you're thinking oh I'll do Arthur's Seat go early in the week because you're because you end up doing anywhere between fifteen to 20,000 steps just during the daytime, without Arthur's seat thrown in, and then you know, oh Thursday, oh, let's do Arthur's seat before we go. You won't have the energy to even get down to uh, you know, Hollywood. No, not in the slightest. You just, I mean, go, but it's a slog. But like you said, do it early. Uh, so, if would you go again? Oh, definitely. Would you? What would you do differently if you went again? I'm not sure I would do anything differently. I think. Mainly, I would I would not I wouldn't eat as much in the festival grounds mm. and drink as much in the festival grounds as we did, but I think we picked a good choice of accommodation because mm-hmm. I think another top tip is get accommodation that you can walk to the centre of Edinburgh. Yeah. Because after eleven o'clock there are no buses, mm. and whatever money you may save, you'll spend on if you can find a taxi. Yeah. Getting a taxi to your accommodation, it's almost a false economy. That's a big tip: is be able to walk to even if it's a half hour walk, be able to walk to your combination because that also doesn't limit how late a show you can see yeah because some of the shows start at midnight if you don't get out till one thirty in the morning yeah you're not going to be scrabbling around in a strange city looking for a non-existent bus yeah. or a cab that isn't there that's going to cost you 50 quid i think that's a good point actually the fringe is going to be more expensive than you think <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean <laughs> as, as, like, as you mean for someone who, if you're going to the fringe as a visitor, yeah, yeah. It's only, well you I mean you cannot do it on the cheap train train no. tickets we booked in advance and they were pretty pretty good value for money for the three of us yeah as a group as well yeah, yeah. Um, the the accommodation was expensive 
but not not ridiculously expensive, but you know, it's expensive. More expensive uh, than it would have been out of season. And and the the and, shows and on your own if you go on your, if you're going on, on your own you're staying in a competition like a better breakfast in an Airbnb yeah huge yeah huge expensive yeah and and hotels are even more expensive because you yeah. know there's all the all the other additional costs on top of that but and the shows you know don't be surprised if you're spending ten pounds per ticket on a show yeah. and when you're doing four shows a day that's forty quid's worth of tickets maybe yeah. maybe more if you decide to go and see more and. By the end of the week, after seven days, you're talking a couple hundred quid on yeah. on tickets. So it's not a cheap thing to do. So, but it is definitely worth doing. If you so for, because there are lots of there are loads of there's hundreds and hundreds of free shows going on. Mm-hmm. But even they they expect you to put a fiver in the bucket at the end of it. Yeah. And the quality of the quality of the shows, while still good, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily up to the standard where people are paying £10 to a show no. there's a, there is a difference it's still absolutely worth going to see because yeah. it's, it's a completely different experience Yeah, but you would miss out if you didn't try some of the fully paid up shows yeah cool so the people who are doing the free fringe as a performer they're going all that way to put this show together it's, it's their start they're starting their journey of you know as a performer potentially so they have to do the free fringe, so that way they get some. They make don't make money, but they get their name out, you know, and without having to spend all that money on productions and you know, booking a venue. Uh, so you know, I've seen shows which I really didn't like at all, mm. but they were pay what you want. So I still give them five pounds because you know they've come all this way, they've put on a show, they've made the effort, they've made the effort, and the best, the very least I could do is give them something for that effort and energy and work. Because I think it's, you really have to hate a show to kind of go, I'm not paying a single thing when I leave. Like, you 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 spent an hour in this room for free for nothing? No show is without charm. Yeah. Because although I did go and see one comedian, uh, Kate Smurthway, who always plays a free fringe. Mm-hmm. And she's been going to Edinburgh for, for 15 years. And she could play the big paid venue, but she goes and plays a free fringe on principle. Because she said people should be able to go come and see something of quality for little or no money. But you still give a five or a tenner at the end of it, you know. Mm. Uh, also, back very quickly, very, very briefly, uh, back to the buses. Um, they do have late buses, but the late buses only run from like midnight to half one, and then it completely stops. Well, in fact, I learned that the hard way. And also, this year for the first time, they now do contactless on buses, and they don't write, they don't tell you that before you go because before that it was one pound seventy exact change only. So, I, and one of the things I brought up with me was bags of little. You know, sort of sandwich bags with one pound seventy in, in change with me because I knew I might get stranded somewhere. I thought I need a bus. I need a bus. Like, where am I going to get one pound seventy in exact change at half one in the morning in Edinburgh? No, you're not going to. So I, I brought it with me. Didn't need it. They do contactless. Now. And Edinburgh does have Uber. Although, as we realised, we did have the same cab driver three times. <laughs> so I think there, there's not many Ubers in Edinburgh. No. They tend to be the same people. And yeah. actually, as it turns out, talking to some of the cab drivers, they travel up to Edinburgh for the month to make their money ah. for the fringe. Um, so let's talk shows then. What did we like? What was the? What were some of the the best shows that we enjoyed the most? I think because it's, it's so diverse. It, I think it's unfair to kind of say. That was my favourite show as a separate thing, but like here's like five of my favourites in potentially no particular order. If you want to give it an order, you can. From Edinburgh Fringe 2019, your favourite shows. Uh, well, like I said, it's it's it's, it's like kind of comparing apples and oranges because lots of different things to see. But mm. I guess top shot five shows for me were um, Good Bear. It's like a 
sketch. sort of a ma- sketch mime sketch show, but they were, but it was just brilliant. It was, they were clowning around just the two of them, but it's brilliantly choreographed and and really well done. And that was really really funny. Um, Jennifer Tyler, I really liked because it was kind of very honest mm-hmm. type show. It was like a I don't know, musical is not the right word for it. It's a one woman sort of singing show. She's not singing the whole thing, but she does songs. Uh, but it was very, very honest, and I really liked that. Um, then there was uh, I'll Be Back, because that for me, like a bit, it was a bit sciencey, and Beck I thought Hill. it was quite, yeah, yeah, Beck Hill, I'll Be Back. Uh, I, I thought that was really, really good. So that's what well, we're on three. I'm sure I'm going to leave something out. <laughs> the Masayoki Karaoke, that was really fun. Because, really? Because. Basically, it's it's karaoke, but the music's done by a live band, yeah. and it's just brilliant. There's just so much energy there. Like yeah, karaoke can be a bit, you know, you imagine most karaoke, you walk into a padded room because they know they need to soundproof it, and there's another booth next to you, and there's a TV playing songs, and you all get given microphones, and it's a little bit strange. But the Masayoki karaoke, they're on a stage, they're playing songs, you sing along to it. Yeah, um, they've got amazing outfits. Yep, right, uh, uh, it's really really good. So what was that for? And number five. By the way, there was very there was one there was one moment during that Masioki where I think I turned to one of you and I said, "You do realise that's live?" And it's like they were playing so well, like that sounds like the backing track of like the actual song. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Might, they might have done Franz Ferdinand "Take Me Out," and they did it so well. And I was like, "That's them," you know. That's not about. That's like, oh yeah, I know, I know, I'm here too. But it's just like, yeah, that's actually pretty well done. No, and um, number five. What do I think is number five? Um, I'm probably going to go with a big show. And uh, uh, I have to recommend, if you're going to go for a big show, book in advance. Mm-hmm. Because you'll be very difficult to get ticket, yeah, yeah. Ticket, tickets for it otherwise. Milton Jones. I thought his show was brilliant. Now, mm-hmm. you know, he's, we were discussing this. He's a typical one-liner comic. And you think, how is he going to pull together an hour-long show without it just being a series of you know, unrelated, you know, uh, single liners but he did a show Milton Impossible where you know he's pretending he was a spy and he managed in that hour to pull together a really interesting show that was quite funny um, and I'd say I was massively impressed so you know I think for me number five was uh, Milton Joe's Bieber um, one thing to say as well if you think you're, something you want to see is sold out always go to the box office yes somebody because twice we had well once we got free tickets because someone just couldn't make it and left the tickets behind the counter and another time we got a spare ticket which someone had, uh, we someone gave us we went to see Stephen Kitch who had been a uh, guest on this very podcast clang uh, and we were we went down to the Pleasance just like on a bit of a whim like let's see if this is available and you went in because you went in and you booked tickets yeah so I, I, we, we, we were at the Pleasance we just finished seeing something and we turned around and you were there yeah. and, and we said we're thinking about going to different kitchen she said oh yeah I'm thinking about it as well so I said oh I'll go get tickets so I go in and I asked the lady she goes um, can I get three tickets to different kitchen and she's typing it in and she goes oh I'm really sorry I've only got two tickets so I walk back out and go she's so got two tickets and, and you say um, don't, don't worry about it you go for it and I'll go see something else so I go get two tickets as I'm walking out the room, she starts waving at me, going, come back, come back. I've got one more ticket. So I uh, sort of run back in with my credit card, throw the credit card at her, and I get the extra ticket for you. So we yeah. went to see Stephen Kitch, which, yeah. was, um, which was quite interesting, actually. Mm. But yeah, like, like, uh, like you said, you do go to the box office because um, they will have, they do release tickets for some shows, like half an hour before, like yep. Matt Parker, Humble Pie, in the show, he said, you know, half an hour before the show, they'll release 10 tickets for it. 
And, and the only reason we got in there was because people returned two tickets and we just went to the box office and they said, do you have tickets? And yeah. we'd asked a couple of times. I think they knew our faces by then. And they <laughs> oh, said, you. oh yeah, we know you. Here yeah. you go. Here's two, two free, tickets. Here's two free tickets. I had the same for Easy Mant at Goody Balloon. It's a, they had already had it written on the board. Amongst sold out Easy Mant. I'm like, oh, rubbish. I want to go see that. I, thought, I just asked the guy at the office, like, are you sure it's sold out? And he goes, hang on, let me have a look. Like, how many? Like, one. I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. And I got a ticket. I went in there and then. Mm-hmm. And the same with delightful sausage. Um, I, it's it was a it was a it, you, it was a show you could book, but you could also pay what you want. So that's another thing as well. You can pay what you want for certain shows, even if they are bookable online. And I went down to the venue, and there was about twenty soaked people in front of me, and they were just saying, "If you have got tickets, come in. If you've got tickets, just go in." And there were still twenty people in front of me. They were waiting for like spare room or spare space to can I go in I thought I'm not going to get into this this is going to be sold out but we've got everybody in it's that crowded little room and then you just when you leave just pay what you want 5, 10 if you've got 20 you pay 20 so favourite shows yeah what's your favourite shows Beaver? so if it, Good Bear Good Bear uh, Good Bear was very very good very tightly acted but very very funny mm-hmm. absolutely top notch well work well well worth going to see. Um, I really like Jennifer Tyler as well because, as Rick said, it was just so raw and Ready so emotional. Yeah. Yes, it was just brilliant. She like she, she had all she's a female who's doing lots of songs, and I was like, oh god, kitschy kitsch. But actually, it was nothing like that. It was really, really very, very good. Um, other ones I liked was Stuart Saint. Uh, his show was called Misfit Warrior. Okay. Now that definitely needs more bums on seats to make it work because I think it's his fourth show and there'd only been about 10, 12 people on there. But very you know, wonderful staging, wonderful story, very, again, emotionally raw, mm-hmm. but well worth going to see. Wrong venue for it. If it was in a darker, like dingier venue, it would get a bit more sweaty as you're dancing to the what's going on. Absolutely, it would be brilliant, but go and see that. Um, the Youth of Joyce mm-hmm. play, it, you know. That was um, I was really I really liked that because it was unexpected. There's no way I'd ever normally go and see a play about Youth of Joyce, but I do love Youth of Joyce. And given it was just one woman on stage captivating you for an hour, which is unbelievably hard to do because she had you for the whole hour. Yeah. You know, ups and downs and the ins and outs of this woman's life. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, what else? I'm trying to think because there were so many things we went to see. I quite like Kai Samra as well. Because again, he was quite new on the scene. I think he kind of had several false starts mm-hmm. because things hadn't worked out for whatever whatever reason. And again, it's quite an emotional. Because I get I get quite caught up in the emotions of how you know people's stories, and I quite like it. Um, I think what I found interesting: a lot of the shows were based on sort of, apart from Good Bear, really, were, and Youth of Joyce. It was based on Youth of Joyce's life. Everybody else's show was based on their own life. Yeah. Which I thought, okay, so actually a million different people have got a million different stories to tell about their life and they all think it's funny, which often it is. Yeah. But it was it was kind of, you think, well, I can't talk about myself all the whole time, but all these people are making a living about talking about themselves for a whole hour and making it funny. So I'm like, okay, that's, that, that for me is a takeaway. That's mm. quite interesting. For me, so I saw, I, I saw a total, grand total of 22 shows across the week. I think it's been one of the strongest years I've been where there was like the least number of dud shows. Because I've seen shows, I've been to see shows where it's like, oh, 
that was really not no good at all, at all, no good. But I'm not going to name names because I don't think it's, it's not you know it's not my place. Because that might be someone's pop really like that show, but that's not my place to name names that I don't like. Um, but some of the shows that I really enjoyed from this year, we've already mentioned Beck Hill, and I'll be back. That's the name of the show. Um, she's done a lot of flip chart comedy on BBC of like songs that sound like certain things, and there's a uh, Edith Edith Piaf routine. It, the show is not all that. I think there's like three of those flip books in that whole thing. But it's, I, I use the word well crafted in the physical sense and the literal sense. In that it's there's lots of props and homemade things, and it's kind of it has this look of it's just been put together in a bedroom. But that's kind of its charm and appeal. And it's just I think Beck herself has got a very likable stage presence. Uh, and at, at one point she's talking to herself in three different ways, and you kind of think. Oh, this is not just clunky. This is brilliant. This is so well done. Um, so I'd say check that out. And also, as I mentioned, Delightful Sausage, Kingston's Paradise. These are a double act. I think, uh, Amy and Chris, I think they're, they're names. Uh, they're like Vic and Bob meets Mighty Boosh. And they're from Hull, I think. I might be wrong. And they sound like, when they talk, they sound like uh, Keith Lemon, that kind of, that part of the world. But uh, funny. <laughs> uh, very League of Gentlemen as well. Very League, very dark, very, um, but, but straight laced. But it's not, they, they all, they'll say it straight, but it will, they, they play it straight. But it's very dark and very twisted. But there's sometimes wonderfully well acted as well. You think that could so easily transfer onto TV, and I think they they're on the cusp of being something. They're called Delightful Sausage. The show's Gangsters, yeah, Gangsters Paradise. Yeah, um, other shows, uh, Susie Ruffle. She's just tipping over into a different level of comedy. And the show's called uh, Dance Like Every- uh, Everyone's Watching. Uh, very personal, very strong hour. Um, lots of... It, you just come out, it's just a joyous, a, a joyous hour of like feel-good stories. There's some like, light and shade amongst it, but it, it, every bit of darkness has been brought back around into the, the, the happy side of it. And you just leave feeling... Happy, like that was a solid hour of jokes. Uh, Reese James, you might have seen on Mock the Week a few times, his show called Stitch, no, Snitch. Um, very acerbic, very fun. There's a lot of uh, male mid 20s comics who do a lot of fast, almost like one liner, one liners, but as in, uh, within a story, and it's very anecdotal and very, very fast. But then his show is multi layered. So the the callback there's like callbacks within callbacks. So I put so that was a very good show to go see. So if you get, if Reese James isn't playing to you, definitely go see him because he does a good act. And then finally, Flo and Joan. Uh, Flo and Joan are the only act who I've seen three years consecutively. Very tight musical comedy. Just like the the lyrics uh, are very funny um, and very incredibly complex. And to get that speed of vocal comedy it's like they both they both sing at the same time but the, the the amount of lyrics they put into a song is so dense and then to play it and perform it and to get it two people to get that routine exactly right is not just impressive but almost brilliant and in since the uh, 2016 2017 they've started to deconstruct their own act because it's normally one person playing like a not a maraca but like a it's almost like a salt shaker and it's like that's the the rhythm and the, and then the other one's playing the piano 
and that's the, that was just the act. They sing songs, and now they're starting to deconstruct it. Where sometimes they bring out the the other one will bring out their own piano or bring out a drum kit. So they're deconstructing their own act, but it's still just uh, you know of inc- incredibly fun, pleasing, and joyous hour. And so those are those are our recommendations. Um, one final thing. Um, one of the things I noticed when I went a few previous years was that by the end of my week, I felt that I could have gone home a day earlier. Did you ever feel that at all? Oh, no. We felt like we could have gone on for another rest of the weekend. We could have happily stayed till Sunday mm. and seen just more things. Yeah, so we turned up at Sunday afternoon, about one in the afternoon. We got really early train out at King's Cross. Um, did a couple of shows that day. Then we were there until Friday evening. About half yep. seven was our train back down. Um, if I was going again... If I didn't have a commitment on the weekend, which I did this year, uh, I'd probably think about staying a whole week. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, definitely, maybe the Saturday and then come back down on the Sunday. Um, maybe slightly earlier or, or, or you know, just because I have enough time to recover for work. Yeah. Uh, a couple of hours earlier. But I think I would probably see if I squeeze one more day out of it. Mm. I mean, it's definitely enough to do for a week. And I think, because uh, this is the first year you went with people yeah well i mean your dad well, had gone previously but like yep. but you know you were staying in the same room with friends and i think we weren't doing we weren't hitting shows hard every day no. so we never felt exhausted at the end of the day no. we always felt quite you know satisfied yeah and that helped because then you'd get up the next day and 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 people and i you know we were getting up and getting up at half 11 in the in the, in the uh in the I morning <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah that's quite a chilled way to experience the fringe yeah. you don't necessarily need to get up bang on early but it, it, it kind of means you know you have energy throughout the whole week you don't feel like like when we went, when we went to glastonbury you get you turn up there full of energy and slowly your battery drains yeah so by the end of it you're looking forward to going home yeah. and, and, and and we were really looking forward to going home we also camping there that does drain the yeah yeah but you. but fringe is completely different you know you do it at your own pace and i think i could have stayed there for a, for, yeah, a, for a week days. yeah so do go with people but don't always stay in their company well, we because we we like me and Rikesh would go and see stuff. You would go see stuff. Mm. Then we'd meet up for a drink. Then we go and see other things. And we catch up again in the evening. Yeah. So you got someone to debrief everything you've seen and what you liked, what you didn't like, something to share, rather than following. Yeah, you know, going round in a three, see everything together. It would have kind of ruined the fun. We'd have gotten each other's nerves. Yeah. But this way, we just kind of because even me and Rikesh were getting on each other's nerves after a while because yeah. you get a bit tired, a bit grumpy, like Rrr. yeah. And then you have to go see a show because it just stops you talking to each other. And that kind of saves things a bit, you know. And then you can go, oh, that was actually quite funny because you talk about it afterwards. Oh, well, that's quite funny. Your mood is lifted again, you know. Yeah. Final thoughts? It's amazing because you wouldn't, you wouldn't see this many live acts in about five years. No. As you see in one week. <laughs> I mean, there's literally no way. I've seen 30 shows in the last mm. three years, five years. I can count them two hands, the number of shows I've seen. So it's an incredible opportunity to just go and hit it and just see what people are doing. And if you've ever thought about doing it yourself, just go and explore. Go and see what that person thinks is funny, what that person thinks is creative, how that person has done that, and how they've got that idea. And they're still rolling with it. And, oh, so he's making a career out of doing this. That doesn't look that complicated. I mean, there was one guy there who who may as well have been Rikesh's brother. He had the same surname as him. He was taller than him and a bit chubby and same sort of beard. I'm like, he looks like you. And he was, he was all right. He was quite funny, but kind of quite gentle humour. Rikesh quite liked it. I was a bit like, needs more edge. But he's making a living 
out of what he's doing. Yeah. He's paying his bills. He's paying his rent. He's not working in a coffee shop on the side, you know. So it's just, it's very, it's very heartening and I, just I, entertaining. I, I think the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is definitely one of those things that needs to be people's bucket lists. It's definitely something you need to do in your lifetime. It's, it's... I mean, I went there not knowing what to expect and coming away thinking, this is amazing, why hadn't I done this sooner? So I think it's definitely something that you need to go and experience and, and, and you shouldn't go there with any preconceptions. I mean, I mean, you, you've got to be a fan of the arts, you know, generally speaking, but, I mean, most people are. Most people will happily go see a comedy gig or, or go see a theatre play or go see a musical and, and all those things are there. Um, so I definitely recommend that people go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. No matter what you're into, you will find a show for you. I mean, there's shows from, you know, maths, talking about maths, to robots, to 1970s comedy actresses, to anything you, any topic you can possibly think of, yeah. someone has done a show about it. And you'll enjoy it. Beaver, Rickert, thank you very much. So, what have we learnt? Book accommodation within walking distance. Go with people, but don't spend every minute with them. Two for one shows are on on the first week of August. There are multiple venues with the same name in different places. You can get tickets at the train station and the airport and on the Fringe app. When you're there, talk to people and see what people are saying online and go see something new and try other venues as well. Remember, it's not just all comedy. Don't overplan, but don't leave it all too late. Sold out doesn't always mean sold out. Performers will do other types of shows as well. Get good walking shoes, but you have to pack for every possible weather. Beware of fringe flu, and remember, it's not cheap, but it is worth it. 